Welcome back to episode two of Wrestling with Positivity. I'm your co-host, Kadeem Phillip, aka Life of Dean. And today we have a jam-packed show for you. We have Jack telling us a story of when his humor happened to misfire with someone he was dating. Uh, we talk about some things that are heavy in our hearts in the world of wrestling. Uh, we analyze what does underrated mean in this current climate. And we give you some fantasy bookings. Now, if you want to give us a fantasy booking or you just want to, you know, participate in any way, find us on YouTube. Type in Wrestling With Romance or type in the channel Wrestling With Positivity. It should pop up. You can also follow us on Spotify. And we just want to thank everybody who listened to the first episode. So, without further ado, here we are. Episode 2, Wrestling With Romance. This was uh, fall of 2020. She was working remotely and had plenty of time to go anywhere. Um, this girl flew in to see me from Oregon. Because uh, I got it like that. <laughs> uh, and I'm flying back the same time from the Northeast where my family lives. I come back, I'm delayed by a day. And this girl shows up at my house, like with my roommates. And I'm like all the phone with my roommates. I'm like, you need to like take care of her. Luckily, I had one girl roommate, which let me put this out there. Always live with girls if you can. Like if you have a choice, always live with girls. It's easier. They're cleaner. Um, it's, they're nicer to hang around with all day. I will. I've had I've had roommates for about five years. I've had three women that have been my roommates. One was quite disgustingly messy, but beyond that, I've been perfectly fine. So I would agree. Like having a woman roommate is kind of it's dope in regards to that. Yeah. Um. She stepped up and was like, "I'm gonna make her my best friend." Um. <laughs> So she like brings her into the fold. They like spend the day together. They have like a girl's day. They do shrooms. They get their nails done. Um, they like go down to the river or that sort of shit. Um, and Shitty, and you were the roommate. God damn, this sounds like a whole <laughs> date at this point. <laughs> well, she was there for a fucking day, bro. Like I was I... a whole day behind. Makes sense. Makes like sense. It, my flight was just fucking canceled. Like there was nothing you... I could do. You know how crazy it sounds to just do psychedelics with someone you just met on the off chance that the person you're supposed to see isn't there. You see how crazy that is, right? No. That's actually one of the more tame things I could imagine. Uh, I think it's because I'm black. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Black people don't do shrooms? Black people do shrooms. We do, but I'm not doing shrooms. I did shrooms with black people for the first four times. That's not the question. The question is doing shrooms with somebody I ain't never met. I got to be comfortable with you. That's to fair. do something that's a psychedelic. I gotta be in the space of comfort. No, I'll do drugs with anybody. I just find it funny. Continue with the story, Jack. Let me just, <laughs> let's not even go there. You don't have time to unpack all of that. No, no, that's if we ever bring the group chat on to these. <laughs> yeah, they, um, so I'll finish the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally am able to get there i'm supposed to fly into aspen but i end up flying into denver and they can't get me to aspen Mm. uh it's a blizzard out the girl is there it's like spend the night or go like spend the night in a hotel 
mm-hmm. and just go in the morning and they'll fly me in the morning. Um, I, who will never miss an opportunity for Pootie Tang, uh, got into, rented a car, <laughs> and drove through a blizzard. <laughs> Like I'm talking Blizzard, where like, oh, like God. I have to go 45, like the whole way, like the whole three and a half hour drive, like when it's normal. So it's now like an hour and a half because of a blizzard. It, it's an extra now. No, now it's like four to five hours. Jesus Christ! Wait, how bad was this blizzard? It was fucking, bro. There was already like six inches on the ground. And I have to go. I'm lucky, like the pass and the tunnel didn't close on me because that happened like during these blizzards a lot out right. here. Um, I'm like, fuck it, we ball off making it, bro. <laughs> Girl, I didn't. She had stayed in my place uh, when I was in Mount Hood during the summers. Uh, I run their yeah. mobile program out there during the summer. Yeah, but we didn't hook up. Uh, it was all cool, it was all casual. I forgot why we didn't. She might have had a boyfriend at the time or something. Um, sounds sounds respectable, you know. Yeah, I'm, like I'm a nice boy, despite everybody's assumptions about me. I'm a very good boy. You are, Jack. And you're I got some. You're a good wild boy. Yeah. You're, you're a chaotic boy. Chaotic good. <laughs> chaotic good. There we go. Um, and I just don't. I just don't play with that. I don't play with anybody right. who's in a relationship. Um, yeah. It's not my thing. Um, you don't I, need that juju. No, yeah, exactly. And there's like plenty of women in the world. Uh, I don't want to intermingle with someone else who has found, uh, um, if not love, at least a level of intimacy. Right. But they break up. Um, she's she's a smoke show. Uh, ass the size of a fucking ostrich. <laughs> I'm so happy I didn't drink water as you were saying that. I was hoping you would spit that out. <laughs> Oh, that would have been an experience for the audio listeners. That yeah. would have been a fucking visual for the, <laughs> for the video podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. I finally pull in in my forerunner that I rented where I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out how the windshield wipers worked. So I had to just keep using the washer fluid thing throughout the whole drive. Oh, shit. <laughs> Through the snow. You was just Through the, the snow. Wow. Well, if it's windy, like during a blizzard, usually the snow will just like roll off. There's so many things here, but I want you to finish the story before I even say anything. I get there. She's chilling out with my roommate, her two friends. They're just they're they're coming down off the shrooms. Um, I go and change real quick. Uh, I threw on some jeans and my Captain America jacket. It's back there in that mess of a fucking closet. <laughs> I was shredded at the time. I did no shirt underneath just because I'm comfortable and it's in my home, but also I'm shredded at the time. You want to flex? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I no. wanted to know the weight was worth it. Hey, I still don't something. know entirely if we're hooking up at this point, though. Um, I'm like pretty sure. I'm like, you're sleeping in my bed, in my room. Like, Whatever you're comfortable with will do, but like, yeah, seems you know, like the odds are ever in my favor. We're, we're always for you know consent and respectability, but also if it, if we're going, it feels like the vibes are leading this direction. So why not? Right. Um, of course. We go upstairs. We 
shake the bed, uh, go 20 toes, heels to Jesus. Horizontal to tango. I had a... <laughs> <laughs> I had a I had a big like jacuzzi tub at the time. I filled that up, filled that with bubbles, had some mirrors, we did some gnarly shit. We go to sleep. I wake up before her. Um and my biggest problem in life that I've worked on, and it's something we actually touched on last week, is if something will make me laugh, I will do it. Even if it's not going to make somebody else laugh, like to me, just mm. making myself laugh is worth it. Um, it depends on what it is, but I want you to continue before I say anything. Well, within reason, reason, right? of course, nothing of uncomfort, but within reason, right? Um, so she's asleep, I'm awake, I go make a quick change, I get back into bed, I like start emailing some people. Cause I've been away from work for a bit and she wakes up and I am there dressed in a full pink bunny suit <laughs> with like the ears on top, like the little white ears and the pink hood pulled down in front of me. And Wait. in my head, I'm chanting Jack, 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 Jack. <laughs> You got him again, buddy. <clears throat> oh my god. She does not laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> she is horrified. Like I can tell <laughs> she wakes up that I've biffed this. <laughs> she, she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm trying to play it straight. I'm like, this will help the funny. <laughs> Like pretend it's like not even there. She's like, "Why are you dressed that way, bro?" She thought I was a fucking furry. Like that's <laughs> like, like I thought that's where this was going. I'm like, no, like I just thought it would be funny. No point where she like this is funny throughout that whole day, throughout her whole three day trip there. Um, <laughs> Wait, she was there for three days. She was, Wait, there? she was there for two more days. She was there for two more days. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's awkward from that on, bro. Like it was, oh. we never got back on the level after that night. And oh. That night was magical. It could have been because of the shrooms, but that night was magical. And then we never got on the level again. I am fucking sweating under this sweatsuit right now. Bro, I've fumbled so many patties <laughs> to me by this point in my life. It means nothing. Welcome to episode two of Wrestling with Romance, everybody. As you can see, we have the customary story by the lovely Jack Simon to start off the show. Yeah. Oh man, I am your other co-host, Kadeem Phillip, Life of Deem, if you will. Um, Jack, let me just first say, I don't know about for you, but to me, the idea of waking up to somebody answering emails in a giant pink bunny suit. Funny. When I just did psychedelics and I don't know if I fully came down yet. It's fucking terrible. Because <laughs> the thing is, she might not even know if she really came down after. Yo, she's hallucinating me. <laughs> she might be like, what the fuck is going on? And you're just there like, what do you mean? Why? What's this? <laughs> just. Sitting there with your feet. Hopping my ass through. 
Follow me down the rabbit hole. I have to ask, did you learn anything from this experience? Maybe um, that was a moment in my life where I was like, you can't just keep trying to make yourself laugh. <laughs> yeah, you can't pop yourself. You no, can't you pop can't. yourself. Uh, oh my Jack god! Jack cannot hold his sense of humor above everybody else's. I mean, I've had some whiffs of some jokes where it's just like, "Ooh, the oh, execution yeah. sounded better in my head." Right. And um, it's like, "Ooh, that's like daily for me." Uh this, <laughs> the physics, the it was the like I had to take it off. Remember, like, <laughs> so like outside of bed, like, like slowly, just in shame. <laughs> yeah. I have to ask before we get into like just how we do it. On the level of like one to ten, with ten being like I am totally in a different level of shame. How did you feel in that moment taking off that bunny suit? <laughs> <laughs> that laugh alone. Probably like a probably like a six. And I don't embarrass easily, obviously. Uh like Oh no, I I, I know. I know way too much. I, I've known you less than half a year, Jack. (laughs) I've known you less than half a year. I know so much about you. Embarrassment is a self-inflicted emotion. It's only can be like, it's only if you put it upon yourself. It's usually like other people aren't usually embarrassed by you. Um, that's that's true only you can feel embarrassed only yeah. you can take on that feeling so it's like you know that's true but in that moment that definitely is a that that broke through oh yeah, yeah like, that's that a fair good. level man how are you doing today how, how are you doing you know it's been has it been a week since we recorded yeah, has it been a week about a week okay uh um, yeah chilling uh had my first day of skiing today i don't know if i mentioned this last time on the pod but i'm a I'm a professional ski coach. I'm a program director for the Vail Ski Club. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's good gig. A Basin just opened up, so I bought mm. a ticket just so I could go skiing. And there, we're going to go over there tomorrow with the group and coach them up and all that. Nice. If, if you're watching this on the visuals, uh, which you can look up Wrestling with Positivity, that's the page. But if you just look up Wrestling with Romance, the podcast will show up on YouTube. You will notice that Jack's face is distinctly a deep pink kind of red, similar to what you may think with sunburn, but it's just windburn. Wind yeah. was whooping his ass today. Yeah, it gets real tan during the winter um, because I'm just out in the sun coaching so much. And I got, <laughs> yeah, I got my, my ski suspenders. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny? You definitely said, I will jump straight on the podcast. Yeah, I like got all. <laughs> and like, I'll just live in my ski pants too, like during the winter. Are they cozy? They're so comfortable. Okay. They're like then, the most comfortable thing, and like usually, it's like I don't really go out much, um, mm-hmm. especially in the winter when I'm so exhausted. Like, so I'm just in and out of my ski pants and my sweatpants. And yeah. If, if I if I have to work, like I won't get out of my ski pants because my mind is still in work mode. Understood. Like, whereas if I'm in my sweatpants, like that's a wrap. It's totally different for me when I'm painting murals. And I'm painting mirrors as soon as I close my door to my room. I'm stripping that all that paint clothes coming right the fuck off. Like, you ever seen Bruce Almighty? Like when he prays and then yeah, he just, yeah. it's it just as simple up. as that. Because I have the um, I have the boiler suit, like the one zip boiler suit. So as soon as I walk through my room, it just oh, drops. Good painter look. 
Yeah, honestly, it's my paint clothes. Like everybody just assumes I paint or they'll just ask me, what do you do? And it's like, no, I'll even if I'm like writing or, or mm-hmm. working on a film I'll, yeah. during the summer, I'll get into my ski pants to work because like I don't is I, I mean, obviously, it's a weird artist thing, but like yeah. there's something in my head that like clicks of like being in ski pants. It's time to work. Like I've been a oh, I, now for yeah. eight years. Like, yeah. Most I mean, of I paint. life. Yeah. Even at home, I have paint clothes. So it's like, it gets me in the mood. Like when I'm drawing and I'm painting, I'm wearing like paint colored, like pajamas or something like that. Where it's just like, oh, I just decided to paint it like two in the morning one day. Yeah. So I definitely understand, man. How's you? Uh, you know? I'm doing all right. I'm feeling better. I'll, for those who didn't know, like after I last recorded for the first episode, I had gotten sick pretty bad down i was down for the count i think me and jack was in our lovely in our lovely group watching dynamite and you can hear me cough every time i laugh it sounded like my lung was about to fly out my mouth um but beyond that i'm good i actually uh have a mural like i I got picked to do in harlem oh mazel tov yeah i'm starting it saturday um it pays me immediately when I'm done, so I'm trying to do it Saturday and Sunday because I can use the money. Um, Money's good. And yes. I have commissions I got to start, and I'm chilling right now. Honestly, I might do another raffle through my um, my Instagram. I'm just trying to figure out what to paint, honestly. And then I'll do an, a holiday raffle, and then I might open up for commissions if people want to do that. But I'm good, you know. I usually, I'm, for those who don't know, I teach kids and I usually do murals at schools. I worked with a nonprofit. Right now is my slow season because it's cold out. So uh, ain't no painting outside. It's quiet for that. So usually I don't work in the fall. So usually I don't work between October to January. So usually that space is like, I got to figure something out. And it's kind of hard. But that's also why we have this podcast here. That's why we can do this. We can start this and make this a daily habit going forward. A weekly habit. Weekly. Yeah, weekly. If we did this daily, I think me and you might just be like insane. But <laughs> <laughs> but man, what's on, what's on your heart with wrestling? What 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 has wrestling put on you this week? Like what 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 are you feeling about wrestling this week? I've been thinking a lot about Hook actually. Um, hmm. I'm. I'm a big hooker. Uh, <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. I forgot that people call themselves hookers. Yeah. <laughs> Been a huge fan. Like, I was kind of, like, you know, I was for the memes for a while. And then when he debuted, I, like, became a real, like, fan. I was like, I, I, I thought then, and I think now, like, mm-hmm. he could be, like, the next transcendent star. In yeah, professional wrestling that like hits the mainstream pop culture. Um, mm-hmm. He's young, he's cool, he's handsome. Yeah, like, any girl who I showed pro wrestling to, like they went gaga over Hook. Uh, he has the look. He has the look and the aesthetic the and the charisma. Yes, he's incredibly creative. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, especially in his fur in like the original run, he was doing a new thing like almost every match. Yeah, uh, like just from like the way he walked in and, and like put his back to the other wrestler was a really 
interesting thing to do and a really new creative thing to do that told you everything about his character. Right. And it seems that he's been um, just blockaded from progressing into new ideas, evolving his character. I mean, he, he had the FTW title two years ago. He has the FTW title now. Um, yeah. Beef little fling with Jungle Boy. Um, mm-hmm. But that was like very much a situation of they put them together so they could pull them apart. Like they didn't yeah. even like, I don't know why they didn't have a like have them run at the tag team titles. Just to didn't they have a title a match? Little. No, Jungle Boy had a title match um, against uh, at at Forbidden Door for the for the IWGP right. Championship, and that's when he turned on him. I swore Hook and Jungle Boy had a tag title match. No, because they've only lost once. Yeah, well, Hook's only lost once, and it was two. Yeah, Jungle. it was two Jungle Boy. Do we have right. to call him Jack Perry now? Um. I guess, but eh, who cares? Um, CM Perry is. Yeah. (laughs) You called him CM Perry. (laughs) Oh, God. They. No, and now he's with the best friends, which, if I couldn't think of a more moot, like, uh, creative has nothing for you move than like putting hook with the best friends like it's not even like a fun opposites attract thing like where it was with Danhausen and hook yeah um and they actually had a storyline that brought them together like if there's it was one of like my favorite moments in wrestling last year of Danhausen and hook when they're in the ring and hook punches him and Danhausen gives them the little bag of potato chips with the ribbon around it that was a good, like, heartwarming story that led to a bunch of fun matches. And, but my thing is, wouldn't yeah. that mean, like, because Dan Housen is with the best friends? But Dan Housen oh, hasn't been around for so long. It's not like that's connected. But I mean, Dan Housen has always been one of the best. And also, like, yeah, he's been injured. So we haven't seen Dan Housen because of the torn pack or whatever. And now he's coming back around. So, I mean, they could find a way to retroactively make it. But I do get your point. I don't feel like it's creative doesn't have anything for you, necessarily. It's either creative doesn't have anything for you or creative has a really bad fucking idea that you're going to be stuck with because we don't know what to do with you. Like, there, if you can craft a good logical storyline around a budding superstar like Hook who has Mm -hmm. everything you would want to see in a young wrestler, then, like, what the fuck are we doing out here? Like, it's part of, like, the problem of not being able to craft storylines outside of titles. Like, it's... And Hook, his whole character from the beginning is, I'm an enigma, I'm a loner, and I don't like people. But boy, Mm. am I bad as shit. And that's why you love me. When you stick five people around him they're gonna soak up that charisma they're gonna soak up that that fascination that comes with hook so best friends are nerds and not in a bad way like that's their shit yeah like i like the best friends like i'm not calling them nerds as an insult that's just kind of their character 
Yeah, pretty much. It doesn't make sense for like Hook to be there. Well, here's what I would say in regards to certain things. I think you reach a point with Hook where you don't want him to hit the Wardlow thing, which is the thing with Hook is Hook then has to be able to take punishment in matches and sell and has to be near falls. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it has to. Like, the Jack Perry thing when he lost the belt to Jack Perry was kind of a shock because I didn't even assume he would lose the belt to Jack Perry at first, the FTW belt. I don't think a lot of people assumed that at first because Hook kind of was – there's a very thin line where you get to, like, undefeated kind of badasses, people where you do have to now start to bridge them out. And I think the thing is I don't mind – and especially because Hook, what, we just made two years of him wrestling? Like, he just has two years now as of September. Yeah. So it's like, one, he's still learning. We now have to learn how to have him tell stories now differently in matches. And I don't think it's bad if it's like, oh, he's with... when Yes, I know best friends. But if you really look at best friends, it's like, oh, these are all extreme veterans who know how to tell different stories. Like a Trent, like an Orange. Like, they do know how to tell different stories. And I... I don't think it's a bad thing. I know how it can seem aesthetically. To me, I think the thing is, Hook is like the first fresh, super young talent. I mean, that they've had. Like, if you think about it, Hook came in 2021. That's post-pandemic. Like, early first wrestling. Like, this is his first wrestling experience. Like, this is technically, he's fresher than Jade. Fresher than, you know, all these other people. Yeah. Because... And it's like, you do now have to, like, shape him because it's like, okay, we don't want it to be where it's just assume, oh, yeah, Hook's going to win. It's like, no, we want to get people to even buy in for his losses, for his potential, because you do need that to get him elevated. But I do understand the frustration, though. I think the thing is, because I like I like the, the, the four-team kind of, like, four-way with the guns, him and Orange, Young Bucks and was that Lucha Bros at Wrestle Dream? That was him and Orange, the Gun Club, uh, the Young Bucks for the number one contendership for the tag titles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I like that because I did think it kind of showed you more of Hook. I do like him working with RBE and tag because I feel like in tags he's learning from other people and in there with veterans, which I don't think can hurt him at all. You know, being only two years in. You're in there with like the Bucks and Lucha Bros, Ravi, like best place to learn on the job. Like you're in there with veterans that have more than ten years experience that can show you different ways to, you know, they can do different things. Now, I do believe within, I think after Full Gear you have to start putting him in the story. I do believe that. I think because he's just missing one pay per view cycle. He would just miss the full gear pay-per-views like because he was in all in. He I don't was... even think he needs to be at every pay-per-view. Like I, what you were saying before is I agree. Sorry, did you want to go? Oh no, to answer that, you don't want to not have a pay-per-view in New York and you don't have hook. Oh fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you don't want to have a right. so you're 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 gonna need hook for uh world's end. Like you're gonna want to do that. Cause you had him at Grand Slam, it makes no sense to not have him at World's End. No, so right. that's why I say you do need to put him in the story going into Worlds End. I agree with you what you were saying before. Is like he's still very fresh. He's very mm-hmm. green. Um, 
and you don't want the Wardlow thing of overexposing him and every win streak has to end and now you're caught in between a rock and a hard cock of are you going to like overprotect him or are you going to let him wrestle? I can't stand you. A rock and a hard cock, you bastard. Um, or are you going to let him wrestle and like have logical storylines? Like that FTW title right now is an albatross. Like they're because he can't lose. And so you, yeah. it, it becomes, you. they've booked themselves into a corner. And I think yeah. that's how you end up with really shitty ideas like hooking with the best friends. I, I can definitely see that. But again, like, cause I, because I did like the idea. Like to me, the thing is, I didn't understand. You know what? And maybe this could have changed because of injury. But I didn't understand the Bucks winning that tag to match. But Moxie got hurt a week yep. before. So it probably changed how they was going to use OC. Because Moxie got hurt like a week and a half before. Because to me, it would have made sense to just put Hook and OC kind of going for those tag, Which would have been different. I could have seen playing out different. Because like that. But... You do have to find something for him to do. And I would I think especially with collision, how collision set up, Hook could benefit just kind of just being a collision person. Or you can What does that mean? Like, so there's like certain people we don't see on Dynamite. Like yeah. we don't see Andrade on Dynamite. We don't see you don't see Ricky on Dynamite really. You don't see certain people, you don't see House of Black on Dynamite. You don't see any of these people on Dynamite, so it's like one. It kind of creates a like a attraction feel. Like I know I'm going to see Hook on Saturdays, and then you have like a thing that you can build with Hook. Or I think in this is something I've enjoyed, especially this week. Rampage was fucking amazing this week, but Rampage is great this week. I think I think one thing AEW used to do really great was like Rampage was somebody's show. It was the Adam Cole show for a little bit. It was the CM Punk show for a little bit. It was the Brian Danielson show. Like, just find different ways to just show We're going to save that for what's on my heart when I get a chance. <laughs> I got a few things to say. <laughs> but I, yeah, I think, I think we'll continue. Go ahead. Um, well, Rampage has been amazing lately. It, They've really done a good job with that show. Really good. Like the past month. Man, that Santana Ortiz, I love that man. Like, I know there's friends of mine who listen to this podcast who love Santana Ortiz, the tag team. And one of them was just like, I couldn't watch it because it really broke my heart. Like, it really hurt me because I love them as a tag team. But that as a street fight match was so good. Oh, it was so bad. It was, I mean, so bad, like, so, like, yeah. in, like good. Um, to, to Kesta Fletcher. Oh, my God. I just watched um, uh, probably the best death match I've seen this year. Um, well, oh, my God. Why can't I remember it now? Hang on. I'm looking. Mm-hmm. I'm checking it out. Um it's with this new promotion, Circle Six, mm. who I've seen like making waves in the deathmatch uh, scene. Circle Six. Circle Six. Like I've watched a bunch of their stuff now. Hmm. It was with Akira and Bobby 
Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Bobby Beverly. Bobby Be Beverly and Akira. Okay. Uh, and Circle Six. Shout out them. Mm -hmm. um, Circle Six has been really doing some really cool stuff with um, Deathmatch Wrestling. And here, they they did a match where they stripped away, like they, they did Bloodsport style with no ropes. Yeah. Um, they littered the, there was no canvas. It was just the wood planks. And they did like shitty wood planks too that you could like step through. So like now you're getting sound effects and you're getting like, I think deathmatch transcends violence into art form when you get a greater when when they're able to achieve a sense of danger where it's like yeah. obviously with deathmatch that that that's so that's the whole point but when you're able to achieve a sense of danger and unpredictability that like oh these guys really don't know what's gonna happen next even though they probably right. and when you have like wood boards snapping underneath their feet now you've changed like the entire uh concept yeah. of pro wrestling and what it's capable of achieving into, you kind of bring a, a different realm you kind of bring a level of intensity to it like almost yeah. like, like there's like a level of like there's a different level of like not danger. Well, I guess danger is it because when I look at certain like I again, I've said I'm not the death match person. This is what we have Jack here for. <laughs> um, there is a level of yo. I have no clue what the fuck's about to go on, and I don't think mentally I can wrap my head around creating something like that. So to hear the floorboard like the boards of the ring sound like they're about to snap, that brings me like. What happens when you drop somebody? Like, like, like. There's no running back and forth. There's like this power drive. Somebody, what if their fucking head goes through the? It's like your head kind of. You go into a different world of like what the possibilities. Yeah, well, what can happen next? And so many death matches are just spot fest. Yeah, like just just working towards like the next like thing that's gonna happen. The next um, set piece they're gonna go through. Right. Um, and we talk, you know wrestling is suspending your disbelief and can they get you to like you know twitch your shoulder when the right. when your, their hand is coming down for a three count are you able to buy into it on that level and that's really hard with deathmatch wrestling because mm -hmm. you're so caught up in the violence and because you're so and because of the whole spot fest scene of it all but right. like this one had me from the beginning if it wasn't had for like like akira caught an arm bar like a good arm bar in the first mm -hmm. five minutes. And I like forgot, like I had seen the YouTube run and mm -hmm. I like, I forgot for a minute that. Sorry. I forgot <laughs> for a minute like, that this was going on for another 20 minutes longer. Yeah. It was. It, it, um, and then they go on, you know, and they do the light tubes thing. They have, mm -hmm. um, they had a box of like an unopened box of light tubes, which I thought it was a nice touch. Like, like just fresh out the box, just busting light tubes. No, like they have the box and they open the box right there. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. And I'm going to save this for the next episode. Well, this is definitely going to be something around the next episode. I want you to give me three death matches that you can find for me to watch. And for me to review, and <laughs> that'd be so much fun for me. So, for the next for episode three, we'll record this sometime next week. So I have a week to watch. 
three matches that you pick, three death matches you think would be like those are like these are my favorite death matches. Yeah. Can we establish like the parameters of this before we move on to what's in your heart? Um, nothing of like nothing to like all right, like look, gore like I like horror movies, but when things get a little too gory, it's a little too much for me. Like I gotta tap out. Yeah. Um, but I mean like are we counting like John Moxley AEW yeah. like, unsanctioned matches? I mean, I've seen all his un- like all his AEW unsanctioned matches. I've only watched one of his GCW matches. Okay. So anything GCW, anything uh you said Circle Six. I want to make sure I got the name yeah, right. Circle Six. Circle Six. Um, whatever. If it's Nick Gage, whatever, Akira, whatever you want. I've given you free range here to pick, and it's recorded wow. here. And I can never say you never, you, you know, I told you not to do this. No, go straight ahead, and I will review them on the next episode. No one man should have all this power. I'm very scared of the fact I just gave you all this power. <laughs> I mean, I got. Have you ever watched the Big Japan wrestling stuff? No. Oh, have you heard of it? Yes. It's it's banana land. <laughs> I've definitely heard of like I've I've heard of like the barbed wire ropes type stuff and things of that nature and the exploding death match. Like I've seen clips. I've never watched a full match. Uh, I mean, they have this dude. Uh, uh, I think it's Abdullah and the butcher. Abdullah the butcher. No, 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 no. Oh. Um, that's that's, that's classic shit. Which which yeah. I'm not knocking. It's just a different motherfucker. Um, my family used to watch that. That's how I knew about him. Like my family used to be like, "You have to, you want to see real violence?" And I was just like, "Ah." Was your family uh, pro wrestling fans? Yeah, that's how I got started. Oh, see, so, mine uh, wasn't. Um, oh, like my 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 dad always took me because he's mm. the coolest man to ever live. Uh, we were there when uh, John Cena threw the edge into the edge. Through the edge. <laughs> the edge. Yeah. You told me that. Okay. Like, okay. So I'll explain this. You might not understand it now, so I have to give context. Anyone who's lived in New York will understand this. There used to be a black box, a black cable box, which if you knew the right people would get you all the illegal channels that you ever mm, needed. Of course. Right. So my aunt and them used to be able to get the legal pay-per-views so that's how we used to watch pay-per-views we used to gather like get kfc and gather at one person's house and watch it so we used to so that's why i say heat wave 97 is my first pay-per-view because they had it they got food they was like they was talking about the dudleys and taz and stuff i didn't know who the hell they was talking about so that king of the ring like monday night raw we used to gather at my aunt's house and watch raw we used to go from uh one room had WCW, one room had Raw. It's the blackest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> that was our thing. That was it's our thing. Like, yeah, we we broke into the black cable black box. And <laughs> we invited the neighborhood over at a bucket of KFC. <laughs> I want you to know, government, if you see this, this is more than 20 years ago. I was a child. I had nothing to do yeah. with this. This is all <laughs> also. All allegedly. Allegedly. And some allegedly, of these people who marrow. Allegedly. Um, allegedly, 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 just sprinkle it. But yeah, that, my family's a wrestling family. But yeah. I'm the only one that still is active as a fan. I gotcha. You ever watch a Abdullah Kobayashi? No, my uncle had a burnt DVD version of it and tried to show me it. 
I just seen whatever yeah. he. I just remember walking in, and there was just so much blood, and I was just like, He's been doing I... last tubes, like he'll yeah. start the match and just go num 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 num. Yeah, I said, no, I'm not, I'm good, I'm good. Not for me. I am straight here, buddy. <laughs> straight here, buddy. I'm, I'm straight. all good on that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's got. I mean, he's probably outside of you know FMW is like probably the deathmatch re- legend of Japan. Mm, he's the one. Okay. I got in my mind. And he's he wrestles in um, Big Japan Wrestling a lot. Gotcha. Back, but yeah, Big Japan Wrestling is like the ones who do like the scorpion cage in the middle of the uh the scorpion tank or the piranha tank in the middle of the ring what the fuck yeah no they do crazy shit bro all right look you got through this week three yeah all right give me what's in your heart um i got a few things i'm gonna touch on like three real quick one um I am so happy with so much good in-ring fucking action from last Sunday when we recorded till now. I watched uh, be, uh, Bound for Glory from Impact. Fucking amazing. Um, man, I really did love that tag match, the Rascals versus ABC. That's a really good tag match. Just high fly. I like spot food, as Righteous Red says of Grab City. I love spot food. I love just spots upon spots. Of just spot shit happening. And that match was some tag team spot foo. And then I got the ultimate spot foo. Will Ospreay and Mike Bailey was fucking incredible. I love that match. There is no way anyone can tell me anybody's having a better year than Will Ospreay. I just, I just don't see it. I mean, he's about to command the biggest contract in wrestling outside of Roman. If you look at it this year, the two matches with Kenny, Okada G1, Naito G1. Um, I forget the other Japanese dude, the young Jap- younger Japanese dude who just really burst onto the scene this year. But I'm going to count him. Excuse me for not knowing his name. Zack Sabre Jr. Showed up? Is it Shoda? No. It's like you, you, um, no. He's is it, like, is really- it the Noah guy? No, 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 no. He he had a match against Sonata at I want to say Dominion for the belt. Either Dominion or Dotaku. I forgot his name. Did you say Del Taco? Dotaku. Oh, uh, Dotaku. With I forgot, I might have pronounced it wrong. Hopefully, I didn't say Del Taco. <laughs> but um, he had that match. He had Zack Sabre Jr. He had All In. Like it's and then the Mike Bailey match is fantastic. Uh. Oh my God! There's a spot. You know, Mike Bailey. Sometimes he'll does like the tornado kicks where he goes from one corner and he'll like he'll kind of like spin into kicks. Yeah. Like or spin. He did the first spin into a hidden blade just coming out of fucking nowhere, and it looked. Cra- they had a kick spot where I was just like, Jesus Christ! Like it was, it's amazing. Um, Josh Alexander, Alex Shelley was great. I really hope Alex Shelley's not hurt that bad. Cause that would suck for Impact right now. Um, he did yeah. get hurt. Uh, TNA, but you know they're technically not TNA till January. Back, baby. They're not till January. They're still Impact right now. Um, right, tits and ass is back. <laughs> I found That's out. What I wanted here. I found tits out that was like illegal. In the mainstream. <laughs> All hail tits and ass. Tits oh, Lord. Tits and ass. 
I can tell you grew up in the Trish Stratus Albert test days. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but um so ridiculous to me that somebody ever named a wrestling <laughs> promotion TNA. First of all, TNA after you had the test and Albert and Trish thing was bad. Okay, because that's what it they kind of made it at. Total nonstop action, I guess, but I found out that whole thing was like a legal thing. That was interesting. I didn't know that that was the reason why they couldn't use TNA. It was like from when Billy Corrigan was like getting the company, they couldn't use TNA technically. It's a whole bunch of things we'll get into another time. But yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you watch GCW, right? A little bit, yeah. So do you know the kid Leon Slater? Yeah. He just got offered a contract from Impact um, while they was recording in the UK uh, recently this past week. So I'm happy to see that because that kid, kid, he got a future because that Swanton 450 shit looks nuts. But I seen him and Will Ospreay at Rev Pro. Like I seen the video of it. He's good. He's only 19. And like that's really dope. So that's one thing. <sighs> okay. Here's another thing. We kind of referred to this person because you called them, you said CM Perry. And um, I've never really, I haven't really talked about this with too many people. So I guess we could talk about it here. About um, Do you have the footage of him attacking Tony Khan? No. Damn if it. I did, Damn it. it would be in the group chat and only in the group chat. <laughs> be in the group chat. I would eat, I would eat like a cryptid so no one can else can <laughs> it can't be sent out anywhere. TNT so ain't getting their hands on this shit. Hell no. Not for it's not a like, uh, we're, <laughs> we're one Vince McMahon appearance away at, at, at Vince McMahon at NXT appearance away from Tony Khan leaking the to CM Punk Wimbledon, Wimbledon footage. Man. Excuse me. It's just <laughs> so I am a CM Punk fan. I don't mix any words about that, but I'm not a CM Punk apologist. I think there's a difference. I think there's too many people who try to be CM Punk apologists. And to be 100% honest, I can't be an apologist for a man 12 years older than me. I can't. I just can't. Can't be an apologist for a man who has gray hair. That's just that. But you should know better. You're a professional. You've been doing this for many years. Um, I am one of the people who I, I don't think I'm on the minority here. I don't know where I am. I don't have interest in seeing him go to WWE. Now, I think I've hinted at this in the group chat that I don't. I just never, I said it's just too much to say in a text. But I have my reasons why I don't. Mainly, I never, like, I love CM Punk from watching him in my time of, like, you know, I, I saw him in our, I saw his ROH stuff. I saw him mainly through ECW, whatever the fuck that became of uh, ECW and WWE. But I can't lie and say after seeing him all that time, then seeing his WWE run, then seeing him in AEW, CM Punk is handcuffed when he is in WWE. He is not the same CM Punk from a, what it feels from a perspective. You know what I'm saying? Like, like as a fan, yeah, I like, don't let's keep feel... It a, let's keep it 100 in two areas. Mm -hmm. One... Even a handcuffs, well, that's three actually. One, even a handcuff CM Punk is better than 98% of wrestlers in the yeah. world. Um, of course. And I, like you, like, I'm probably less of a CM Punk fan than you do, but like, yeah. we do have to keep it a buck. 
Um, two, um, he was able to achieve, like you can, I'm saying you can't buy totally into his handcuff thing because he did have the pipe bomb. He did have incredible matches. He did have very violent, realistic, non WWE style matches. Of and course. three, we're now sorry. Oh no, I said of course. You're like you're right. And three, we are now living in Triple H's WWE. That's which is where my next all point about was. enabling the wrestler and the individual. Go. I think, and my whole thing about the CM Punk run. The genuine, like the most genuine, like he loves wrestling feel to me, kind of died the night he won the title. The AEW title for the first time? Okay. Because from there, it just becomes a very bitter roller coaster ride. (laughs) Because that, I still, I remember that night. I kind of, I remember I was like, my girl, I was, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was teary-eyed because it was like, yo, I've been waiting on this for like, I've been waiting on this for seven, eight years. And I just remember the image of him holding the title. Damn near about to cry in the fucking ring. And that is like the moment of just like, this is what I, yes. Like, I love this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was a moment for me as a fan, but I feel like anything right now, especially how things ended with AEW. Because I know how malicious of a fucking person. Like, I love CM Punk. One of my friends gave me this best analogy. CM Punk is that person that's really cool that you really enjoy being around. But when you bring him around other people, he's an asshole. And you can't explain why he's an asshole. And you're like, I don't know why he's like this. He's never really like this. I'm sorry. But it's like he is like this. He's just your asshole. Right. And it's just like, let's be real here. He, him... Going to WWE is just spite. This is pettiness and spite. Dude. I don't feel like it's him. Up until, up until he broke, he tore his tricep at All In last year. He was still shitting on WWE, even when he had the broken foot. He was at Comic Con still shitting on WWE. So it, to me, it's just the fact of like I don't like them, so I'm gonna join you. And it's, and the third part is. I feel like the fan in me of him is slowly dying and it hurts yeah. and it hurts in a different way. Yeah. It's like, it's just like, it's like, I never wanted them to be right about you. And every time I see that, every time I see that fucking triple H fucking promo pop up or that damn, the damn John uh, Cena promo uh, you pop want up. CM, you want change as long as it benefits CM Punk. I don't want it to be real, but sometimes I'm just like, they were right, weren't they? I, like, every time I think about him, the Eddie promo plays, when Eddie just ran him down in that ring. <laughs> and the Eddie promo plays. Just thinking about this, the fucking Triple you, H and John you know Cena promo. history, right? Of course. Like so it's just like... Of, of like CM Punk calling him fat and shit? Mm-hmm. And it That's just feels like... Real. And the next part of me is like, while WWE might be better at keeping stuff like that hidden, you can't convince me he's not going to get into it with somebody. He has more people that he has past problems with in WWE 
Like, he's had issues with Kevin Owens. He's had issues with AJ Styles. He's had issues with Seth Rollins. He's had issues with Triple H. They're all there. The fucking doctor that sued him still works for WWE on the medical staff. Yeah, but they, you know, Colt Cabana and him were, well, I guess that didn't work out either. So I was there that night. Yeah, yeah, go. No, were you there what night? I was there that night. He won the title. I didn't want him to win. I wanted Hangman to win. I, I thought I was it would one because I'm a huge Hangman fan, and two yeah. I just thought it was like the best thing that could happen. Um, I was like I'm more interested in the continuous reign of Hangman than mm. CM Punk holding the title. I I can understand, but like I was up, I was just I'm cool with either outcome. Like yeah. that was me. I'm cool with either outcome, but it's just the fact of like I can see, I can see it going wrong in WWE too. Like, you know, like, I, like, could I have seen it in AEW? I was like, maybe it's just the rose-tinted glasses. And then when the Hangman stuff started, I was just like, oh, no, they're breaking. <laughs> like, and then, but it's like, now that I can see it, I'm like, yes, I can see it going left in WWE. Because the thing about him is, the thing that we love about CM Punk is, he's not going to hold his fucking tongue. So he's going to say something. And I'm like, I don't want you to then go to WWE and fuck it up. Like, I kind of just want you to just go chill for a year. Like, I tell people all the time, because people's like, oh, what if he comes back in Survivor Series? And that's why it's on my heart, because Survivor Series is coming up. I'm like, I would prefer it. We don't see Punk to, like, Raw after Mania if he's going to WWE. I want him to kind of cool off completely. Like, because to me... Also, going into Mania and Rumble season, that can hijack some shit. If CM Punk came back at Survivor Series and hijacked the show and captured the fans' hearts again and then turned the main event of WrestleMania into Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, it is the single funniest fucking thing that's ever happened in and I don't think CM Punk wins. <laughs> I would never shut the fuck up about it. It would be objectively <laughs> more hilarious than a Chris Rock set. <laughs> Cody Rhodes, like he would fall down the ramp on his river of tears. He would just slip and slide. That's. You leave a because Cody Rhodes had problems with him too, or at least he had problems with where he was. CM Punk was being put. Um, it seems that way to me. It's never been confirmed because Cody's gonna Cody's always gonna play political. He's always gonna play the political answer. Yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence that Cody Rhodes left shortly after CM Punk joined. Um, I, I don't think I don't, it's a coincidence. It's the main reason. Um, and let's remember, everybody, disclaimer, we are not journalists. Hell um, no. I'm a fan. It's a <laughs> fan connecting some dots over Cody uh, openly being upset about his place in the card and what he's capable Ooh. of doing in AEW and CM Punk existing. And CM Punk like considering himself leader of the locker room, which Cody Rhodes didn't like when they were in WWE. 
Have you ever noticed that that uh, the last promo cut Cody cuts? How it kind of sounds like he is taking the shot at CM Punk. No, what's the line? When he said, when he talks about all the things that Punk had said in the pipe bomb, and he said that man didn't do it, I did. I'm the person. And like, if you really listen to it, it's like he is venting that frustration of I'm the person who who did these. I'm the person who went to the ROHs, the New Japans. I'm the person who went to these places and left because I was so enough. Like, he pretty much says, like, yes, this man talked about all that. Because he, he came out right after Punk. Like, his promo is right after a Punk match, if you go back and watch that show. Or a Punk segment. Yeah. And then he cuts that promo. And then it's just like, oh, shit. Like, it to me, it always sounded like, I thought, like, oh, Cody's staying because they're probably going to do a Cody Punk feud because the way that promo sounds, sounds like you could set up a Cody Punk feud. And then it was just like, oh, wait. And this is just me, my own personal speculation. But if you listen to that, the thought that maybe he wasn't happy with Punk and what Punk was placed, and then you go back and listen to that promo, you can maybe hear some stuff where it just sounds like he found a way to kind of explain that. Yeah. But, yeah. Knowing who Cody Rhodes is, that would be like that would be the smartest way to go about it from mm-hmm. all aspects, whether in kayfabe or not. And Cody Rhodes is a master at that sort of thing. Yeah, and has a super cool neck tattoo, which everybody still won't admit is awesome. It's so cool, and I don't <laughs> like people aren't like gnarly enough to like, respect to understand that. They're not cool <laughs> enough. They don't get it. <laughs> You're not going to get me to say my take on this fucking podcast. It's, it's so cool. You're not going to get me to say my take on that next What's your take? Nope. Anyway, but back to the things on my heart. <laughs> back to the things on my heart. I definitely don't know it. Like, this is worth I definitely said it all in the chat. You might have just not heard it on the Zoom, but I definitely said it. <laughs> but, um, that's one. And then the last thing on my heart is, especially after watching Collision, we got to put respect on MJF's title reign. Like, I'm very much tired. I actually thought about it this week. <laughs> um, and I want to amend my previous take. I Thank think you. I, my options were either MJF has to take some blame here or the promotion that is my favorite promotion of wrestling is even has been doing even more atrocious than I care to admit. I don't think either are that. I think there's two things. People have said, like, you know, he did the main event double or nothing. I was like, y'all know Kenny didn't main event it when he had the belt, and Mox didn't main event it when yeah. he had the belt. That happens. Like, but it was Stadium Stampede, Anarchy in the Arena. Those had main evented. Well, even when the it was first hang- AEW World Title uh, in AEW didn't main event. It was the unsanctioned match between Mox and Omega. Right. So it's like it's been that placement. I think, and here's my thing: if we're lining up champions in totality of AEW, maybe a hot take. Like I don't think it's a hot take. I, no, 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 no. I mean, do we count Punk? I don't count Punk. For what? He, like as a champion, like can we count Punk? I I, we... I would count him. I would also understand not counting him. 
Okay, okay. If, we're, if we're counting Punk, he's at the bottom. Because he Twice. really only had one match, one view. It's Mox. Because he got hurt. So, Punk is at the bottom. And again, that hurts me as a Punk fan. But I have to admit it. You got hurt. Oh, yeah, he's definitely at the bottom. Jericho. Okay. I have at the lower tier. Because okay. Jericho only had... Um, he had Darby. He had Scorpio Sky, Cody, and then lost it to Box. He also had that great ten minute draw with uh Jungle Boy. What was that for the title? It wasn't for the title, but I just I, I really loved that match and so I wanted that. Right. So we have we have we have Punk, Jericho. I'm putting Hangman possibly here. Because I don't think Hangman had bad a bad reign. I do think the issue is where Kenny and Mox was, it's just different. No, I understand. Mox had to carry that through the through an unpredictable, tough, no one saw a global pandemic shutting shit yeah, down two weeks with... after your title reign. And then there's not like ranking Hangman third. Or fourth behind Omega Mox MJF, like isn't such a terrible thing. I think it just goes to show how good the world title reigns have been in right. AEW. Now here's where it gets a little murky. I could kind of might by the end of this put MJF second. Wait, so Mox is third, MJF is second, Omega is one? No, I have Omega third. Oh, and so Mox is one. Mox is one. I see. MJF second. Because if we're looking at if we're looking at MJF's right, MJF's worst title match is going to end up being Hiroshi Tanahashi. And to be a hundred percent honest, he can't even fucking bend his knees. There's not. Nap. I wish they would just this, let him take a nap. I love Tanahashi. I love him. I love the ace. Guess what? It is time for Old Yella to go behind the ball. It is time. To let him go, it is time that metaphor because it's just the truth, it's just time, it's just time, bro. He can't like his matches, his matches upset me, and it don't upset me because they're bad, it just upset me because, bro, you just ain't it no more. It's just you ain't it no more, yeah. Um, and like it's hard to forget about the prestige of wrestling Tanahashi because it wasn't that long ago he was still putting on bangers. Like him, I want to say in the last year, it like deteriorated. Really came off the wagon because he looked good against Mox at the first Forbidden Door. He didn't look bad. No, I don't know what happened, but it looked it looks like he sustained another injury or like something happened with his knee that tweaked and just hasn't been the same since. Bro, when Swerve and MJF on back to back weeks got to kind of drag you through matches, that's rough. Yeah. But if we're looking out, if we're looking at MJF's type full reign, we have him and Ricky, him and Danielson. We have him, Darby, Jack Perry, Sammy Guevara, Tanahashi's, yeah. (laughs) We have him and Adam Cole, Samoa Joe, Kenny Omega, with Jay White on the damn docket. I can't question. I can't question it. Like, if you don't enjoy certain aspects of it, 
that's fine. That's for everybody's entertainment taste. That everybody's entertainment taste is going to vary. But I can't act like, honestly, up until All In, up until Adam Cole got hurt, everything with him and Adam Cole was working and was getting over with fans. We can't question that. Like, All In, the ending My is argument was always at, like, what cost? Like, yeah, the fans are shouting or, like, chanting tofu, but that's not exactly endearing. See, but that's before and I'm not... All In. That's, that's after All In. I said after Adam Cole got hurt. I definitely said that. <laughs> okay, okay. Right. You're right. Because that Samoa Joe is when he got hurt. The match with Samoa Joe. So while you may not like this book enough, the Jay White thing, and I think it could be way stronger. But at the same point. Jay White holding onto that title for like a month now makes him seem like the biggest geek ever. When they said it just turned three weeks on collision, I was like, that was only three weeks ago? Only three feels like longer. It feels longer, but it's only been three weeks where I'm just like, I thought it was long. And then it was like they broke it down. I'm like, holy shit, that really isn't that long ago. Well, it's because we get three shows a week now. Yeah. Like when Brody Lee did it to Mox, there was just one show. And even then, there was like security that had to like separate them before the match. Like it was very strong. Of like Mox is gonna kill him because Brody Lee is mocking him by walking around this title and like switching yeah. and walking around with it on collision and dynamite, just flaunting it. Mm-hmm. And MJF has tried weekly, like once to get it back. No, he did this week too. No, yeah, but that was like this like he's done it at least two, three times. Because he did it last week. He did it the week before him and Juice had the match. He did it that week while Juice was having in the Battle Royale. Then he did it this week. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm just, you know, being on point with it. But for overall totality, this has been a really good reign for somebody who's, if you really also look at it, outside of him and Hangman are the only people where this is their first championship reigns ever. Yeah. I'm... Yeah, I mean, I think he's better. He's had a better brain than Hangman. If I were to do the rankings, mm-hmm. I'm throwing Punk at five or like unfortunately or like whatever you're gonna do with that. Yeah, uh, Jericho at the bottom. I'm putting Omega above Jer, right above Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, Mox. No, I'll go Hang. Mm. See, now I'm stuck. No, I'm gonna go Mox above Omega. Uh, Hangman above Mox, and then MJF is the best. And and honestly, I'm very interested on what the next two months are going to look like because they set it up where it's just like, yo, he's he is public enemy number one. Yep. And I'm very interested on where that's going to go. And but to me, there's certain aspects of other reigns that are underrated. Like I maybe call me a sucker, but I love the Kenny Belt Collector. Kind of going to end. I really like too. These are not our knock on any of these title reigns. Like I think no. all above average. I think they were all very fun and entertaining to watch. I think regularly the world title mm-hmm. has been the best part of AEW. I think that that I think I love Swerve Hangman. I love everything Swerve Hangman right now. I Same. just they they're batting a thousand for me. Um I, <laughs> listen, I'm a spawn fan, so Abaddon won me over coming out in the full Spawn costume on Collision. I was just like, I don't give a fuck what they do this match. 
it works. <laughs> it just works. It I'm works. an Abaddon fan too. Which, but when yeah. I seen Todd McFarlane also give her the thumbs up on Twitter, I was like, "This is the shit I like." <laughs> this is I'm an shit. Abaddon fan as well. It's both <clears> the <throat> issue of Abaddon wrestles a Halloween match and then vanishes, and they don't use them for a year. I will say. So like I like I I've always been iffy on Abaddon because I've just never been crazy about her in ring, and the last two matches I was like, oh wow she feels like she's gotten better and I was just like I like I like this uh, um they them they sorry sorry like sorry the pronouns I did not I was not aware of the pronouns I'm sorry <laughs> I think I over I think I overlooked you saying it my bad but I was like they they got better I really like this um. I like them subtly hinting at the sky blue uh, joining Julia things over yeah. the rampage and even her and Willow. I like the whole Willow is like, you know, it takes a lot for me to fight. Like Willow's acknowledging that the miss affects with people, but she's like, I'm fighting it because I want to be the good person. I like that. This stuff is different stuff, but I do think the world championship stuff has been the best. And we're starting to hit the home run stretch of the booking, so I'm very interested on where stuff is going to go. Yeah. But yeah, that's all that's on my heart, man. Can you that's still consider uh, Willow underrated? Oh, that's a tough one. Ooh. What, what, what is, what, what, how do you classify something that's underrated? Let's say, let me ask that. Like how in today's wrestling landscape, how do we, you know, determine what's underrated? I mean, it's impossible because, you know, somebody says somebody is underrated or, I mean, somebody on the internet says somebody's underrated and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's, you know, spread. And everyone's like, yeah, they're so underrated. Dot, dot, dot deserves a title reign. But, like, when you're calling, like, Claudio or it gets formerly known as Cesaro underrated and everybody agrees with you and then for, like, six months they're like, give Cesaro a title. It's like, all right, then they're not underrated anymore. Right, you know, it was like when people were calling Miguel, um, the R and B singer, underrated, and he was singing at the fucking Grammys. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing here? It's like right. just because he's not selling, you know, he doesn't have ten billion streams doesn't mean he's underrated. He's just doesn't have as much clout as Drake. Sorry, that's just how it is. Tethering it back to wrestling, when what comes to my mind when it comes to underrated, mm-hmm. I think of a dude like Darius Carter, who gets oh yeah. no mainstream play. Mm. Who gets no internet love and is to me one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. He is, I have never seen a Darius Carter match, which I didn't thoroughly enjoy and was not thoroughly impressed by. Yeah. He's and he's good on his promos. I don't know about on the mic. It's impossible. Really, what I've learned going from indie to watching people go from indie to television is you never know how those like promos like where you're just looking into a camera and like talking mm-hmm. is going to translate to like on the mic in front of a live audience. Yeah. All that aside, like a guy like Darius Carter doesn't even get to sign a TV deal play. Um when mm-hmm. I don't hear anybody on the interwebs talk about a guy. Yeah. And I understand this is a like a contrarian hipster take. Um, but like once it's once everybody's heard about it, they're not underrated anymore. Yeah. And Darius Carter isn't talked about at all. So that to me is why he is underrated. You know, to, to kind of jump off that point, like the music point, right? 
I love, I am a kid that grew up, I'm a person who grew up during the blog era. You know, hip-hop blog era, two dope boys on Smash, like that type of time of like finding new music. Yeah. And you know, you fall in love with what? No, I was saying, I was just saying yes. Oh, oh I thought you said damn. I was about to say what, that age myself? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, But no, it's like, you know, you find somebody like, um, say you might find like a group like Let's say Flatbush Zombies. That's a group I love um, from Brooklyn, New York. And yeah. you might get into them, and you might say they're underrated because they're underground, but their tours is sold out. Are right. they really underrated? It's just you. And they're I think some people panorama and shit. Right, like they're playing at Coachella. I think sometimes what people mix up is recognition and underrated. Like those things don't always go hand in hand. Like you can be getting recognition, and people just don't know you. That doesn't really make you underrated. That just might mean you don't have a machine behind you. That's completely two different things. Um, Darius Carter is a good, is a, a perfect example of that. I think, like, I got into Darius Carter like in the last year, um, and I was just like, "Holy shit! How have I not heard about this dude before?" And it was just, it just blew my fucking mind. Um, right, like even you, who's a massive wrestling fan, like ha- having not come across a Darius Darius Carter. Yeah, bonkers. You know what it is? I had to get into the New York indie scene. I had to start paying attention to stuff that was happening around the indies in New York. Like I just wasn't like next, like next month in December, I'm going to my first eight um, House of Glory show, and Swerve and Mike Bailey's on the card, and I was like, that's all I need to see. I'm one of the last people who will book Loki. Yeah, yeah, better or But, um, anyway, <laughs> like there's so many things I can say there. Just About like, Loki, this distance and the continuous usage of him. Everybody deserves a chance to chase their dream. I guess you could also fold that into this argument. I understand if you don't yeah. want to talk much about Loki, but like in the history of wrestling, especially like mm. indie wrestling, yeah, Loki. Carried early indie wrestling, ring, oh. of, ring of Honor, like 2003. Loki was the guy. He's carried a lot of just local New York indie. He's <laughs> carried New York indie. Like I'll never ever shit on Loki for what he's done for Ring of Honor, New York indie stuff, any of that. Now, his views and my views don't usually line up perfectly. But actually, that's mean probably a lot of wrestlers. So we just won't touch on that. <laughs> but my thing is, underrated is a word that I think is overused, right? For sure. Like, but I also think it depends on the context, right? So I'm like, to me, per, uh, example would be this week, right? I watched SmackDown this week. Rare. Sometimes I actually sit and pay attention to the, the, the WWE show. Sometimes, like, yeah. I may sit and watch an NXT because it's like the shorter, or I may pay attention to SmackDown depending. But like this week, I saw they had Dragon Lee and they had Cedric Alexander on SmackDown, and I was shocked because I can't tell you the last time I seen the Cedric Alexander match on actual WWE TV that wasn't like main event or some shit. Yeah, I can't believe he survived the cuts. And mind you, I love I've loved Cedric since he was chunky Cedric in ROH. He was <laughs> heavy. And I was just like, this dude is fucking awesome. I remember him and Okada and I want to say 2015. Fucking great match. And I'm like, yo, this dude is great. And I remember the Cruiserweight Classic. Him and Ibushi, 
Still one of my favorite fucking matches to just go back and look at. And I was like, yo, I don't understand why they don't get this guy more TV time. Why they don't give this guy TV time? They had him on the Hurt Business, and then once he wasn't in the Hurt Business, so much time has passed. He has dreadlocks, long dreadlocks, and I'm very confused. And I'm like, I know it takes time to grow that, so I know that much time has like people. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see I have a bun on my head of dreadlocks. I know by his length of hair, it took a long fucking time <laughs> to grow that. And I'm just like, I think that the the, uh, the Hurt Business was like the perfect role for him. It was. Um, and like without that, because like he's not, he's always going to be like, he's a good hand. He's yeah. one of those wrestlers. He's a mechanic. Oh, yeah. To use the insider term, um, he's a mechanic. He's going to come in. He's going to have a good match with anybody. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a great match with a really good wrestler. Um, and they're going to make the other person good. Um, right. But you can't like push him or you can't like make a program around him. Here's what I would say. You have all these people going to NXT to do stuff. He can go to NXT. He never got an NXT run. I don't see anywhere in NXT. He could like fit in and North America, that North American title or that heritage cup. I could see him in the heritage cup. I could see him. Yeah. Like round two heritage cup. I could see him in there. I could see him with North America. I could see him having that, but also we got to remember her business is going on three years of not being together. I don't know what he's capable of. People still talk about that. It's a, that was truly one of the great missed opportunities in WWE's recent history. But when I seen his match with Dragon Lee, I was like, thank fucking God. Because <laughs> I was like, and then I saw saw tweets like people's like, damn, who knew Cedric Alexander? I was like, because he doesn't get a fucking time to fucking show what he can do. Like, he, you give certain people like that to me is underrated in a WWE way. I think there are other people who can show they're underrated in, in different spots in wrestling. But I'm not going to look at certain people like I can't really say anybody is underrated when I look at impact. I don't think y'all have many underrated people. Because all the people that are really good shine through. Cedric Alexander is a good example of, like, kind of the dichotomy of underrated. Because for me, like, I think people have underrated him as, like, a wrestler. Um, yes. The same way people, like, had underrated Dolph Ziggler as a wrestler. Um, but just sticking with Cedric Alexander, mm-hmm. as, like, I don't think people realize how good he is because he hasn't gotten TV time and... He, programs aren't built around him but in the realm and the context of wwe i think he's exactly like where he should be see but this is he's situational base right like he's that level of talent like within the roster of wwe which is incredible remember we're living in a time where top to bottom these are the best wrestlers wrestling rosters ever like there's nobody ahead of him who I would like, I would slot Cedric Alexander into their spot. You want me to be honest and somebody where I'm just like, I don't want to see his, why do I see more of his matches than other matches? And I get it. People are into him for a kind of like, we like to boo him to boo him. Who's but this? if you're going to oh, make me watch a motherfucking Dom but I can't see Cedric motherfucking Alexander, I don't give a flying fuck who's his dad. 
I don't give a flying fuck what he can do. He has the worst 619 I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> his fucking moves are annoying. His three amigos are the worst fucking suplexes I've ever fucking seen. And I tell you right now, if you could tell me, like, if you're going to tell me, I could watch Don Mysterio on TV more than I could watch Cedric Alexander. It don't make sense. It don't make sense to me. Like, I get the coolness to boo him. But to me, that more feels like a novelty more than it actually feels like him as a character. If it was a novelty, it would have worn off by now. I think the novelty is just the fact also WWE fans just go with shit. That's not true. WWE fans are very spiteful. If they decided... It's hot right now. Shit's hot right now. They haven't had a moment for shit to be hot like this in a minute. So I feel like they're just going with the fact that, oh, we love to boo him to boo him. Because to be honest... Well, maybe they just love to boo him to boo him because within the context of the show, it makes fucking sense to boo him. Right, they're going for it. But to me, outside of that, what's his character? I mean, I feel like his character is pretty... Um... He's Rhea's bitch. That's it. Yeah. That's a good character. He's a he good character. Fine. His character is he's a whiny boy who rebelled against his dad and all of his dad's prestige and money, went to jail, came out a new man, and found a hot chick to like take care of him and to continue to baby him because he can't be around his dad anymore. That's you a good character. Have him right now. He pops up randomly on SmackDown. He's on Raw for three fucking hours and he's on fucking NXT. I don't think he should be that, around that much. Exactly. So my thing is you telling me and Cedric Alexander is what they call a free agent. He's not signed to a roster. You telling me you can't find 15, 10 to 15 minutes to put him somewhere. But that's different roles. For me, like, as underrated. That's how I look at it in the WWE like, way. Like, I don't in, think. Uh, Dominic Mysterio is taking up Cedric Alexander's time. No, but I wouldn't say it like that. I just feel like I feel like it could be allocated different. Like I feel like more like if you were going to pick an example, even from that group, Jordan Devlin would be the better example. Do you see the picture of him this week? Of him, they're all holding like titles and yeah, he's just like yeah. Um, I mean, that's another person like I'm the, saying is like properly yeah. rated. Or, okay, if I was looking at, if I had to look at the indies in someone, or just like independent wrestling, I would say, is it Darius? I, I always love Darius Lockhart. I don't know if I want to say he's underrated because he's been injured for so long, and I know he's starting his new promotion. Um, I felt for. I said I was like, mm, would I put Darius Lockhart as someone that's no, underrated? Yeah, no. Were you going to throw a name out there? I was thinking Darius Lockhart first. Yeah. Like he's the first name that came to mind because I loved him in NWA. Like to be honest, that's the only time I've ever paid attention to NWA. Well, like I was gonna. I haven't watched much of Lockhart. I can't really comment. I just love his pro, like his video packages and everything that he directs and puts together himself. I think it just. I love that. His, his, him in the ring, I think, is amazing. Um, but I can't say that because he's had an injury this past year, so I don't want to say underrated, but I kind of feel that way. Yeah. I kind of do feel Willow is. I just always, like, from when I first saw Willow, to me, it was just like, oh, she's a star. Okay, like, she's, she's, agree, she's like, really. she's entirely a star, but I feel like it's kind of different. 
when I look at her, because I feel like Trisha Dora, I might put more as like underrated. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Because Trisha Dora to me is just like, yo, her, you know, I've never seen a bad match. theme that's popped up in all of our answers. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I don't want to say it. Mm-hmm. Like, on it. Yeah, I mean, it's there. Like, I seen Trisha Dora um, hint at her and Julia for the New Japan Strong Women's title, which I am all the way for. Give me that, please, and thank for you. Sure. Um, I think it might happen at their next show, which is in Texas in November, which I would be a thousand percent for. Um, what the fuck? Somebody randomly called, just text my number. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think Trisha Dora is one. I think Trisha Dora is somebody. You know who I feel is not really. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Like. I love Mustafa Ali, or I don't know what name he goes by now, but yeah. he's shown with those packages and everything that he put together, like that he released online, where it's just like, oh, you know how to build a character, you know how to cut promos. Like you, I, I feel like, like I don't know enough about Mustafa Ali to like give an answer. I felt like one of the cool things when they did that 2016 um, set brand split, yeah, and he was getting a run was those like kind of like like real genuine like promos where he would talk about being a police officer in Chicago and things of that nature and talk. I thought that was really good and that he was really shooting those and I love the authentic nature of it. And I felt like he was really building positivity. I love the, um, the character he made when he first announced uh, that he requested his release and he, he put out the video of the character he created that they kind of shot down because they felt like it'd be too controversial. And I was just like, he can build a character. I think in NXT just, too, he was even building a good character. And they just like I feel like him. I'm very interested to see what he does next. Well, it's I guess in the realm of Mustafa Ali, I think it's like it's also interesting with what happens when these guys who we call underrated get their moments, and then like we see yeah. why they were like Kofi Kingston. I think is a really good example because yeah. like Kofi Kingston got his moment. And it was an incredible moment. I want nothing of it changed for clarity. Follow through. The follow through is shit. He's not the best wrestler. He's very good. Mm. Like he's probably best suited in the role WWE has always had him in. And and wrestling exists outside of especially WWE wrestling outside of the like match by match basis. So right. like two things can be true. Kofi Kings that Kofi Kingston was the perfect person to win that championship at that time. And also there's a reason he went right back to where he had always been. I think my pushback with that is When I look at the booking of his title reigns, right, I don't think it says much when your first challenger is Dolph Ziggler. That's like everybody's first challenger, though. For the yeah, but in that at that time, it it it, it was a sour note. Like to me, you could have just gone straight into the Randy feud to cut. Like you could have just to me, if you go straight into him and Randy and their history, is a little bit more hotter than him and Ziggler. Because I think the thing was, don't matter what at that time, Randy's Randy. Randy is fucking Randy. He yeah. just came off no, of beating true. 
Didn't he beat AJ at that fucking mania? At yep. the same mania? So it's just like two hot people who just won. You and me have a history. We could have booked that straight out the gate, and that could have been a lot warmer. And you could have built other people for feuds down that line. Like, I never got how Mustafa Ali never had a heel turn to say, you stole my moment. And yeah, it kind of makes sense. He, you know, like, you could have done that, that. he Did him and Brian even have a rematch? Like, no. like, so you had options there to make him someone you care about. Yeah. And they just didn't do it. Yeah. So that's the issue where it's just like, depending on where these people go, Sometimes they go into places where they don't capitalize it, or they're in places where they don't capitalize it. Like, sure. that's my thing when I look at it. Because to me, like, Cedric Alexander, like, I didn't understand how we're not going to look at Cedric Alexander. Like, to me, he was like the young boy coming up into her business. That's yeah. how I kind of looked at him. He didn't even like, see him as the young boy. He was just the. You know, he was, well, I guess he was the youngest one. He was the cruiser of the group. Like, right. Some groups have he- heaters, some groups have like the fast cruiserweight guy. And you could have set him up as like, all right, yo, Bobby's going to get his run, but we're going to set you up for your run when your time comes. And you yeah. could have just been showing that. And I feel like when they broke out the Hurt Business, it was just for no purpose. We can't, just... we can't go down this rabbit hole. Mess no, no, that's not. Purpose. It's not. I'm already one, looking at the time. I'll throw one like... name out there. Um, mm-hmm who's not a person of color, so this isn't totally sad. <laughs> um, have you it watched Alex Hammerstone at all? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alex Ooh. Hammerstone. Underrated. I like him. I like Even though him he's and- champion of MLW, which is a terrible promotion. Who he's not him- anymore. No, well, he, he I'm not yeah. anymore because he requested his release, which is why he's on my mind, but he was champion of MLW for, um, for a long time, which is a terrible promotion. Who puts which puts on bad shows that you shouldn't go to, and you shouldn't even watch them for free on YouTube. Um, I don't. Oh, we're starting off episode three on that note. <laughs> Your take of MLW because I want to know more because I've never heard about this. I've never heard about people's dislike for MLW I, or anything like I, that. I just I don't like the fact that they take up good wrestlers' time. Mm. Um. And like, you know, people talk a lot about, you know, it's an accusation that's thrown at, been thrown at Impact for years about like certain indies, certain promotions just trying to be like WWE light. Like they're trying mm-hmm. to be like the double A version of um, WWE and like no promotion is more guilty of that than MLW. And again, it's not a coincidence that like Court Bayer is right out of a uh, right out of WWE. Um okay. We'll push that aside until another time. Yeah. Um, but Alex Hammerstone is an incredible wrestler who doesn't get his flowers, who on the interwebs doesn't get a lot of talk, which again is MLW's fault. Really gotta let this go. I kind um, of feel like Samoan werewolf Jacob Fatu a little bit too. Like yeah, no, Jacob, Jacob Fatu as well. Uh but Jacob, no, but Jacob Fatu is he gets his like he, he gets his talk, but I feel like yeah. I feel like when you think about Jacob Fatu. He should get more talk than he does because to be a man like that and do the shit he does is kind of like holy fuck. It's kind of like holy fuck. Like I seen um him do the springboard moonsault to somebody who was being like gurneyed out. And I was just like, yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. You know what's amazing too? He rarely misses from like the no, things that I've seen. Bro. 
I, I mean, but like, here's the thing I've watched much MLW because of all the reasons I stated before and we'll state again mm-hmm. in the future. Um, but from like just singular Jacob Fatu matches, like he, he doesn't botch a lot, which for like no. guys who does all of his stuff is impressive. And neither does Alex Hammerstone. Usually body guys, like the botch is almost a part of the performance. It's part of the bit, but they hit all the time. Yeah. And yeah. I would like to see Alex Hammerstone get signed. I think he would do really well in impact. I think he's yeah. tailor made for TNA. Um, they said they're not going to release him though. So MLW said they're not going to release him. They're not granting his release. What? Like, who do they think they are? Like, I think uh, could they also release? Was it the other pe- the other two from the Samoan Hit Squad? Yeah, um, that's all that. So I'm like, I <laughs> guess they. Yeah, it's I guess they're like. Name. But I guess they're. Um, I guess Hammerstone. They don't want to release because i guess they're, like they're bleeding pretty and much they don't like hammerstone is the one him and fatu were the only recognizable, name, recognizable names they have yeah like, teddy hart ain't coming out of jail anytime soon to come wrestle for them well i guess he is out of jail but i think even mlw knows enough to stay away from him now i would hope so i know they they, they lost the cruiserweight champion myron reed he's a free agent now Myron Reed. Oh, my God. You want to talk about it underrated? Underrated? Myron Reed is the only good part of MLW shows that I've been to. Myron Reed has been the only good part of New York independent shows that I have been to. Like, and no, and I'm saying there's plenty of other stuff good, but like the shitty shows I've been to. Yeah. Myron Reed is on them. He always gets the crowd hot. I have Mm -hmm. been up on Myron Reed for so fucking long, and I don't know how he's not signed anywhere. He just became a. He can make good characters. Big he Myron just became Reed a free guy. agent, like I want to say a month or two ago, and he was just in AEW as an extra. Yeah. Um. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, there's just no room for these guys now. No, that's the thing. I want to see him. I think he'll do great impact for like that X division. Yeah. For right now, yeah. I for think X division, that would be cool as part of their relaunch. Yeah. All right, we're at the All ninety right. minute mark. Do you want to do our yeah. fantasy bookings and get the fuck? Yeah. Out of here? Give me a fantasy booking. Um, my fantasy booking for this week is going to be Malachi Black versus The Undertaker under Bloodsport rules, <laughs> and where they can both break out their Muay Thai jiu- jiu-jitsu um, <laughs> tendencies styles, and you get the spooky bollocks as well. Jack, what the fuck? That's so good, bro. No, you're not talking about current Mark Calloway. You're talking like in his prime. Right? I'm talking, yeah. um, I would say late era under. I'm talking about like. WrestleMania 25, 26, Taker? 20, 23, when he was against Batista. Around okay. there. When, like, because that was probably the best striking, one of the best striking base wrestlers we've ever seen. Um,. It was like his primary offense. I mean, Michael Cole said it at the beginning of like every single one of his matches. He's the best mm. striker in WWE history. Um, and Malachi Black has a kickboxing style that I, I really like striking base wrestlers. I don't think there's right. enough of them. Um, and I think them two together would make a really interesting style. I think their characters mesh well. And I think under the blood sport context of they have to grapple. And they're both huge Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu fans of they have to grapple and they have to throw strikes. Um, 
would force a really interesting mesh of ideas about like what pro wrestling can do. I can't wait to hear people hear this fucking fantasy match and be like, what the fuck? Because not, I tell you right now, the first thing I thought you meant was today Undertaker. No, 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 no. So like his hip obviously struggled to get into the NXT ring and you want me to watch him do Muay Thai? I I want to see Malachi Black hit his hip like 30 times. No, (laughs) I'm talking. Yeah, usually when it comes to these bookings, I'm talking about, like, their primes. Historical, yeah, Um, okay. Like, for the historical wrestling, talking about their primes for, like, The Undertaker that lasts 20 years. Mm. So I will cite, you know, uh, what is it, fourth stage Undertaker, WrestleMania 23. I have one. It's a three-way ladder match. Um, WCW, Rey Mysterio Jr. Okay, Rey Mysterio. Ray Phoenix. Good. And Bandito. Oh, that's hectic. <laughs> that's and like, that's that's like, like a... three luchador high f- flying guys who still all have their own very unique style. Exactly. And not just in any regular ladder match. I want it in the Lucha Underground film shot themed ladder match. <laughs> I don't want that. Listen, that would be amazing. You're getting Bandito's strength, Rey Mysterio at like 120 pounds, but his most most athletic. Healthy knees. Healthy Healthy knees. And Rey Phoenix, healthy, which is nice um, for Rey Phoenix. But Rey Phoenix, I, I would say he's the best wrestler out of the three of them. Yeah, that's that's really Ooh, cool. that's a tough question. Is he the best? Because that's kind of hard to say. Because I would argue WCW Rey Mysterio is the best. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Yeah. When you're right, you're right. I appreciate that. So that's going to end today's episode. Jack, tell them where they can find you at. Check me out at uh, jacksimonmakes.com. I got my documentaries, my music videos. They're not my music videos. I'm a director um, and my writing up there. And you can find me, everything on my social media. It's Life of Dean. Uh, make sure you like, leave a comment if you want to get inputs on anything that we said, even our fantasy bookings. Make sure you subscribe and share. Uh, we're going to see you guys next week. We're out. Next week, deuces. <laughs>